Welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. My name is Emma Sexton, and I am the host of this podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, as is implied by the name of the podcast, the Horrible Things Podcast. All right, today I am joined by Noelle. And, and Harley. And Harley. Yes. Noelle has, was on the last episode of this podcast. Yes. And she's she's been here quite a while, but Harley, you've only been on what, one other episode? Yeah, the one about uh, the Genovian. Rookie. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty new to you. Pretty new yeah, to you. Yeah, I'd say so. And this is a very, let me tell you guys, this is a very, very different setting of the podcast because it's currently 10 p.m. All of my stuff is moved out of my room, except for the podcast table. And there's so much crap on the podcast table there's candles there's other random things that shouldn't probably shouldn't be here but you know what we i'm moving as of tomorrow so we had to just do this no matter the cost you know so that that's kind of where we're at right now noelle you have allergies you yep it's dusty in here all right that's what happens i've been cleaning for two days she did sleep 15 hours last night okay but we don't have to talk about that right now. That's not what this was is about. It was hilarious because I was going out to get lunch and I just see a zombie walk out of Noelle's room. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hi, have you seen my sister? And then I hear Noelle's voice be like, I slept Make 15 hours. zombie noise. Yeah, it was... It was what? <laughs> I don't know where that was going. It, it was magical. I went to bed at... 9 30 which rarely happens and and then i was like oh i'll wake up early to like get started on emma's like room because we had so much to do today and then no one woke me up and i woke up at 12 30 so that was cute she woke up to in and out and my beautiful face oh <laughs> what can i say i've got a face for podcasting that was uh, <laughs> that was something. That was All a right, roast. <laughs> I know it was kind of a self roast, but it's funny because at first you don't think about it, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute here. I'm surprisingly tired. Really? Yeah. I, like I want to go to bed. I'm really tired. I found the more I sleep, the the more tired I yeah. am afterwards. I don't know. I have that same problem. Sometimes the nights I sleep like four hours. I wake up yeah. the next day and I'm like, I am ready to go, baby. Give me that coffee and let's get rolling. I don't even need the coffee after sleeping like four hours. It's I just need the just coffee like- after sleeping four hours. Anytime I have to get up early, I, I guess early in general, it doesn't matter if I've slept late or not. I'm always like, I need some caffeine right away, immediately. Otherwise, I'm going to get exhausted. Noelle's <laughs> yawning right me. now. They didn't hear it though. Am I too Hopefully. boring for you, Noelle? Ugh, just talking about this sleep is everyone me a just yawned. Yeah, let's let's talk about dead people now. Today we are not talking about a murder case. We are actually talking about a man-made disaster. Which Ooh. it's been a hot minute. It has been a while since we talked about one of these. Was I the actually last one Chernobyl or was I there one after? I think that? it. Yeah, it was the last one was Chernobyl. That was wow. like what a eight long episodes time ago? ago? Yes. A really long time ago. But today's is, yeah, it was ages, the actual Chernobyl incident and when we did the podcast ages ago. 
So I'm excited to actually do this one because it's something that I've kind of looked into a lot. I was deciding between this and another case. And this one is just so crazy and interesting to talk about and horrible that I just knew right away I had to do this case for you guys. But still less well known than Chernobyl. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think that if you haven't like been into true crime and if you don't live in South Korea, you probably wouldn't know about this. <laughs> But it's still, it's that interesting thing of, like, a lot of podcasts and just in general true crime news only covers, like, stuff in the United States because things get pretty crazy here. But there's also a lot of, like, foreign serial killers and foreign man-made disasters that are really interesting to look up and talk about. So I first heard about this, actually, from a National Geographic documentary thing that they did. It's called, like, In 60 Seconds or something like that, and it was about this. And that's kind of where my interest peaked about it, so... I'm excited to share it with you guys today. Nice. So without further ado, let's let's get right into it. Okay. So the topic we're going to be talking about today is the Sampung department store collapse. Or the what? Sampung. It's a Korean company. Sam Sampung. Yes. Okay. The Sampung uh, superstore collapse or department store collapse. And this happened in 1995. So not, not too long ago. Definitely not as long as Chernobyl, so it's still... But not recent. Yeah, pretty much in the middle. So... (laughs) What? What What do you have to say? It's so funny. It's it's in the middle between a long time ago and (laughs) recent. Yeah. It's like perfectly in the middle, 1995. Exactly. (laughs) It's not old, but it's not new. It's been around the block a couple times. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so... The time is 1995, and we are in South Korea, okay? This time period in South Korea was one of their biggest times of economic growth in all of South Korea's history. So where where this disaster actually takes place is in Seoul, South Korea, which is this huge city. If you've never heard of it, it's the capital. Yeah, it's the capital of South Korea, and it's just basically business is booming. Uh, At this point in time, 1995, 10 high-rises were going up every week. In South Korea, wow. is what they estimate. So, it was a high, really. Huh? <laughs> what did he say? He said getting high. The prices were getting it's... high, and so were the buildings. That needed to be cut out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, the Sampung Superstore was a building that was created in the midst of all this economic development in South Korea, and this was this huge store. Okay, it had one thousand employees. And every single day, they estimate there were about 40,000 customers that came into it. Like a Korean super Walmart. Yeah, pretty much. And this this superstore had five levels, okay? So it had a basement level and then four levels above... Sorry, it had five levels above ground and a basement level. So the basement level was like children's clothes and things like that and it gradually went up and the top floor were there were eight restaurants okay That's so creepy. it's this Why giant have to put the children's stuff in the, in the basement yeah that is a little weird what is with me talking about disasters that have to do with crazy stuff yeah. in basements i w- i Stop. was just gonna ask though like what what do you sell in a store that has five stories i imagine it's kind of like uh oh shit what's the name of that store in, in england like, Harrods, Harrods, Harrods. Yeah, that's the name of the store. Okay, yes, Harrods. No, 
Harrods and Sam Poong Superstore were the same thing. It's this giant like store, but in it are a bunch of other little stores. Like all the restaurants at the top were actual restaurants owned by different people. So a mall. No, but it wasn't a mall. It's just one store. I. It's like Harrods is how I describe it's it. It's like how Ikea has their own little food area. With the meatballs. Kind of, except not sell. all of it is Sam Poong. It's all great it's quality. different people. This episode is sponsored by Ikea. I wish. Great quality. Let's cut to a sponsorship. Ikea. I have been, <laughs> I've been there so much to shop for back to school. The furniture is made. Okay, so it's just, like I said, okay, big superstore. That's it. We could have ended that conversation This store is bringing it. in about $4 million dollars in U.S. dollars every single week. And that's in 1995 dollars. <laughs> so you just imagine it's way more, like more than $4 million in how much we'd say today. But I do not know the conversion for that. So I'm just going to guess it's around like it's bringing in like $7 million a, a week. A week wow. in U.S. dollars. Okay. Okay. So... That's- Part of the reason that there was so much development going on is because uh, in 1988, so a little bit before this building was like up and running and before this disaster happened, actually, it's not before uh, this building was built in 1987. But in 1988, there was the um, Korean like Summer Olympics. So they basically made this rule that only Korean contractors could build in Seoul. Because of the Olympics. So you had to be Korean to own land and build in Seoul. So they had like a ton and ton of these Korean buildings going up all over the place. And that continued up until 1995. So uh, the South Korean companies, something that was going on at the time is that there were a lot of problems with the way that they were building things. Because they were just trying to get things up quick to take advantage of how fast the market was moving. So they didn't necessarily comply with safety standards. They were just kind of like, get the building up quick, get it operational so we can make some money and, and, you know, capitalize on how fast everything's going. So that was basically the case for this superstore. And just a little uh, extra tidbit. Okay. The Sampung superstore was in the Gangnam district. And if you remember, if you were born... In the early 2000s, you know, Gangnam Style, Gangnam Style was everything that I was living for when I was in middle school. And it just... How long ago was that song released? A long time. I'm checking right now. Really? Yeah, because that feels like that was yesterday. I I think it was a pretty long... It was popular when I was in seventh grade. On an unrelated note, you just said the word tidbit, and I don't know how I feel about that. You know what? The word tidbit is a little bit... I'm just going to say it controversial. Contro- <laughs> or you I'm can't not. Say I'm not it. controversial. <laughs> I'm not taking language advice from the person who can't pronounce controversial. Well, anyway, okay. so the uh, Sam Poong Superstore used to be a dump. It's It was in like basically the heart of Seoul, South Korea, but the land it was built on used to be a landfill. So the ground was kind of messed up because of that. And yeah, it just, it really, really, really wasn't great. So when they started to construct this superstore, it was initially only supposed to have the basement and four levels, right? Yes, Harley, you're raising your hand. <laughs> Gangnam Style was released. Gangnam? Gangnam. Isn't it? Gangnam. Whatever. I'm. Gangnam. Gang- no, it's. Gangnam. Gangnam Style. Okay, well. Was released July 15th, 2012. 2012? Yeah. 
Oh, wow. So I wasn't so, so wow. So like not quite recently, but a little closer to <laughs> toward the middle, like 1995. Yeah, closer towards That's like the middle. third quartile. Yeah, put it in perspective. Yeah. Okay, so uh, like, I, like I was saying, actually, what was I saying? I've, I have no recollection. Uh, how is it? It was supposed to be... Oh, right. Uh, okay, so the building was supposed to be a basement and four stories. So that's what they had deemed to be safe as like every single building that they build. You may or may not know this, but every building that is put up is supposed to be two and a half times stronger than it needs to be to stand because they want to leave that huge margin just in case something goes wrong in construction. Like if one thing goes wrong, then there should be enough backups in place that the buildings you're in shouldn't just collapse on you, you know? So the contractors they had hired out and the engineers they had hired to design this whole building had made it so there was a basement and four floors above. But midway through, the Sampoon group was like, no, we need to add a fifth level. Like, we want a fifth level. And the people they had originally hired to make the building plans were like, no, sorry, we can't do a fifth level. It's completely unsafe. It would be against our code of conduct to add a fifth level at this point in construction because we already started building the four floors and the way it's set up that's how it needs to stand so what what do they do instead of taking this great advice they fire them they fire these contractors and engineers and they hire their own people from within the group take that oh and these people that (laughs) these people say we'll add a fifth floor we got you we'll add a fifth floor right on top here we'll just add it right up so they add the fifth floor and at first the fifth floor of this building was supposed to be a roller skating rink Right, so what? I it, I know it's weird. I which, which floor? <laughs> the fifth floor, the top floor, it's supposed to be a roller skating rink, right? All right. So this floor would have been pretty much normal, even though it had a rink on top. But then last minute, the management of the company decided we want this to be a restaurant floor. We're gonna have eight restaurants. Now, something that comes with having restaurants is not only a bunch of heavy machi- machinery that goes in the restaurants, but also this is South Korea. And a lot of the dining there is eaten, like food is often eaten while you're sitting on the floor. So when you want to build restaurants, there's a special type of floor that you have to build. It's a dining floor that's thicker than normal floors. So the fifth level, which is already kind of unstable and isn't really supposed to be there, is also the thickest floor out of all of them because it's supposed to accommodate people sitting and eating. So it's like design flaw after design flaw of like making it more and more and more unsafe. And another par- problem with this building is that if they had just left it, the four, four levels in the basement, it probably would have been just fine. But the way that they built it, it's okay. So the type of building it's called, it's a flat slab structure. So it doesn't have beams that go across and it doesn't have like steel that goes on the outside and like makes the framing of this. It's basically the way that it's supposed to work is that there's these big concrete slabs on every single floor. And these slabs uh, are have beams that come from the ceiling and go down into them. So all of these steel... So basically what it was is there's five levels and each level had this big concrete slab underneath it. like, And there were poles going from the ceiling down toward the floor that would go through all five levels, mm-hmm. right? But the way that this structure works is that the concrete slab gives the weight over to the to the poles on the outside, basically, and that transfers it so that all the stress from the weight of the building is supposed to be resting on the ground. And then there's 
near where the beams or where the things that go the poles that go down Mm -hmm. where they intercept the concrete slab that's the point where the transfer happens and the stress that oh this whole building is resting on this it goes into the ground so those points were like the most important points in the entire building right where these intersections would happen and of course (laughs) they screwed it up of course they managed to mess that up too so they instead of building in the blueprint plans, it was recommended that this part of the building, these intersections and these poles that go down, it was recommended that they be about 80 centimeters in di- like have a diameter diameter of 80 centimeters. They're pretty big, right? But they wanted to make room for escalators, <laughs> right? They want to make some room for escalators while they were uh, building this building. So they decided it's not that big a deal. We'll just make the poles 60 centimeters instead. We'll just make them a little bit smaller well here's the thing about a flat slab structure <laughs> when you have these poles going down into the concrete one of the things you have to be worried about is that you don't put too much stress on one of the poles because it will shove down even further into the concrete when it's that small and puncture the concrete which can cause the ground to crack right so even though it didn't seem like a big deal to them it was very important that the size be right on this, okay? And they started to mess with that. And not only that, but instead of doing 16 downward poles into the ground, they did eight. So they only had half the recommended amount. And not only that, but the gap near the ceiling, which this is like really important for the structure of the building, the gap near the ceiling was only supposed to be five inches. So there's less space that the building actually has to like hold on to less stress for less amount of space but they had made this gap 10 centimeters when they were adding in the fifth floor and making a 10 centimeter gap between where the first floor basically started and the ceiling had taken out 20 percent of the building's reliability for or stability sorry 20 percent of the building's stability just by adding that extra five centimeters and they realized all this while they were putting it in like no they that's the thing they had had this one contracting group that was like, here's the safe way to do it. 80 centimeters, five centimeter gap. And like, we're going to make sure everything's great. 16 poles downward, 16 beams, whatever. And everything is going to be great. They wouldn't add the fifth floor on because they said it was going to be unsafe. And then they were like, oh, we'll just get this other company who will do it anyway to do it for us. Mm -hmm. So this other company who ended up completing the building didn't care at all about safety regulations, clearly. Because they didn't do anything about the fact that the building was flawed in many, many, many ways, you know? Yeah. So it's not that the they didn't have a reliable contractor at first. It's that they hired someone that they knew would do it no matter if it was safe or not. Because they just wanted to get it up. And they just get wanted the to make the money. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's honestly not great. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind a, of an understatement. But. I have a bad idea of where this is going. Yeah. So in April of 1995, they start to notice that the ceiling near uh, the south part of the mall on the fifth floor, there's cracks that are coming through the ceiling. They're like, hmm. What a surprise. What is this? This is uh, this, uh, un- weird. Are these this, cracks? This horribly well-built. What? Horribly well-built? That didn't make any. It's late. So I'm gonna say building horrible thing. So they start to notice these cracks in April, right? 
So now we're going to fast forward to June 29th. So the morning of June 29th began with the general manager of the whole building. He had gotten a note on his desk and it was from the security guard from the night before. And the security guard had left him a note saying, hey, I heard some really weird noises coming from the roof near the air conditioner last night. Maybe you should check it out. So he goes upstairs to go look at this situation and notices that the cracks on the ceiling near the air conditioners have become significantly worse, like significantly worse than they were a month ago. Right. But he just thinks, okay, well, you know, those cracks have been there for months. Yeah. Water damage. This building has been standing for six (laughs) years. You know, what could go, what could go wrong? Like it's, it's not anything different than it's been for the past couple months, you know? So he goes back downstairs, right? And he's walking around and all of a sudden one of the restaurants near the top floor calls him and says, hey, we need you to come look at something. So this something is, is an emergency right now. And he goes over near to this restaurant on the top floor and near one of the bars that was going down toward the ground, one of the, I told you about the beams that's supposed to relieve stress. There one of, had One of the eight. Yeah, one of the eight. This was uh, bar 5E, right? Next to this restaurant, they noticed on the fifth floor, a giant crack had opened right next to the bar, the size of a person's fist in the ground next to this restaurant. And the restaurant owner was like, excuse me, but what the hell is going on here? Why is there a crack in the ground next to my restaurant? And he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're just doing some minor, minor repairs. They fenced the whole thing off. And they put construction. Luckily, that shop owner was like, hell no, closed her store and got out of there and uh, sent all her employees home. But still, they had shut off the fact that there was a big crack in the ground. And this manager, this general manager, told all the other shop owners, like, don't worry about it. We're just doing some construction. It's an older building. You know, don't worry about it at all. Don't be concerned. We're, everything is staying open. Okay, everything is staying open. So about midway through the day, about 1230, there comes this giant, like almost like an earthquake, like shake throughout the entire building and this loud, like rumbling noise. And people are like, what, what is going on? Like, what was that? Okay, the whole building is like vibrating and then it stops. And he's like, hmm, that, that was weird. So he goes back up to the air conditioner because he thinks that maybe the air conditioner is like just making the building shake Mm -hmm. and he turns off the air conditioner. Right. So now everyone's kind of started and he sends out this message. Air conditioning's out in the building. Don't worry about it. Just doing some minor repairs. Okay. Don't nobody stress. But now everyone in the building is kind of starting to notice that something is a little bit wrong because the fact that it's summer in Seoul, Korea, Seoul, South Korea, and it is 90 degrees in the store. And they're like, why is the air conditioning not working? What's going on? And it's at this time that the general manager calls Lee Jun, who's like the owner of the building. And he says, hey, some weird stuff is going on. I feel like it might be a good idea yeah. if we sent everyone home and just closed it up to do some repairs, figure out what's going on. Lee Jun says, no, we have a really high volume of customers today we want to keep it open because we need to make some money on on how many people are are here today we need to capitalize on the fact that there's a lot of people here today and 
keep that in mind because it becomes slightly ironic a little bit later. But um, he says, no, we're not closing down the store. Just deal with it. The air conditioner's off. So the general manager is like, okay, it's going to be fine, I guess. It'll it'll be okay, (laughs) you know. But um, it's later in the day, around 5 p.m. that... Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, after the rumbling noise around 1230, all the executives, all the main managers and most of the store owners leave because they're like, because they think something's something's going on, but they don't tell any of their employees what's going on. All of the executives managed to survive this disaster. All of the managers of the superstore managed to survive this disaster because they all thought "Eh, this might be a little weird. And they left, you know, they left. So they knew beforehand that something was probably going on and they just elected not to say anything about it, which makes this all so much more disgusting to me, honestly. It's like definitely they just clearly, so clearly wanted did money. not did not care about their employees yeah. at all. Okay, so around five PM in the store is when things started to get really bad. There had been all this rumbling and vibrating throughout the whole store earlier in the day, but this is where it got really bad. At about 5 p.m., the ceiling on the fifth floor started to cave in as the cracks on the roof got so bad. They start, It started to cave in, and the ground near that one pole I was telling you about earlier started to open up even further till it was about 10 centimeters wide. And surely they would the leave ground. now. And that was about 57 minutes before the actual collapse happened. But what'd they do? They didn't evacuate. They didn't pull any alarms. They didn't tell anyone to go home, okay? They were just like, it'll be fine as the roof is literally dipping inward because the cracks are coming out through the ceiling. They're like, well, sucks. Yeah, sucks. So they don't tell anybody what's going on. Uh, No one in the basement has even heard the rumbling because of how tall the building is. And they don't sound off any evacuation warnings or anything like that. And they don't even tell the workers in the lower levels what is going on. And they don't try to make any repairs. Nobody goes back up there. You know, nobody, the facilities manager does not go back up there. They don't, they don't look at they anything. Don't, they don't try to duct tape it up. Yeah, they did not try to put a bandaid on the situation. So at 552, exactly, the roof collapsed. And this is the big event that it that we know as the Sampoon department store collapse. So the roof gives in, the air conditioning comes through, and the floor, the fifth floor, falls down. And it's it completely like- has disconnected from the pole that's supposed to be keeping it to the ground. It just collapses. And this is just the, a huge concrete slab, right? A huge so concrete slab. And the slab breaks through all the levels. Okay, yeah. every single level yeah. comes down. These air conditioning units I'm talking about, they weigh five tons each. Oh my God. Okay, they fall through the ground. They fall through the ground and the all the concrete yeah. slabs are crashing down. All these beams are collapsing under the weight of the concrete slabs that are coming down. And it only takes 20 seconds before the entire south wing gives way and not much longer until the whole rest of the store gives way. If you see pictures of what it looks like after the collapse, there's one big wall standing in kind of like an arch-like fashion, mm-hmm. and the rest of the store is just rubble, and it only took 25 seconds. Wow. And that's not even the worst part. The worst part are the casualties. 
behind 9-11, this is the biggest uh, building collapse in terms of casualties. It killed... Oh, my God. It killed 502 people in the initial collapse. It trapped 1,500 people inside who were eventually they started to rescue people, but it left 937 people very, very, very injured because of this collapse. 502 people dead. Wow. How many, for reference, do you know how many died in 9-11? Around 3,000, I think. Yeah, so this, this disaster was not only hugely, I mean, it was tragic do you know if it affected like anything surrounding it because it was like a huge building uh it didn't make any other buildings collapse but because there uh because the basement had cars in it Mm -hmm. it collapsed on top of the cars and the gasoline from the cars started fires oh so it was very very expensive for the south korean government because they had to bring in search and rescue teams and Mm -hmm. fire trucks it cost about in today's dollars around 350 million dollars in search and rescue firemen cranes and equipment to try to haul the rubble out it was hugely expensive and within two hours there were rescue crews on the scene and on the first day alone luckily they managed to pull out about 200 people but after that the number of people they pulled out of the wreckage who were dead started to get higher and higher and it was really really awful and after two days okay after two days the mayor of seoul was like we need to we're we're gonna stop the search and rescue for a few for a few days like we're because they thought that if they continued to use the cranes to move the rubble around Mm -hmm. more of the store the underneath part like the entire basement they thought more of it would collapse if they started moving the rubble so they called off the search and rescue right this did not go over well as you might imagine it didn't go over very well with the friends and family of the people who were still trapped inside because remember 1500 people trapped inside yeah or probably most they got 200 out still over a thousand people trapped inside it didn't go over very well with their families to stop the rescue so they all these people started protesting on the streets and saying that they need to call the search back on because they had been pretty successful in taking people out, you know. But they were like, we need to we need to get the search back on. So after three days, after they t- had um, gotten the fires at least out, they got the search back on. And they had the remains of the building. Like I said, there was that big wall, almost like arch-like, that was still standing. They had that engineers come in and like get cables to hold that back so that it wouldn't collapse in on the rest of the building. That's good. Yeah, they were taking some precautions for that. Yeah, but after three days, they finally got the focus back on or the focus back on search and rescue. But after seven days, they kind of thought, okay, a person can only survive three days without water. It's most likely that everyone who is still in there after seven days is dead now. So now instead of being a search and rescue, this is just a cleanup, basically. It's a recovery. Uh, after what happened you know that's crazy and And they they talk about how there were people every single day after they would do search and rescue waiting there to see did my family member come out they had they would post pictures of the corpses and people would come in looking for their family member that's the worst 
Yeah, it's just it, waiting and wondering and hoping the whole time that like for good news and that's the worst for all those families like yeah to have to deal with that and not only did it they they think that it was more likely that they didn't survive because they hadn't been having any water but because it was 90 degrees outside oh i didn't even think about that so it's it's 90 degrees and they're probably blazing hot they're underground no water so they basically just thought everyone in here must be a goner you know yeah but but this is absolutely insane but the last person who was pulled out of the collapse was pulled out alive 17 days later what 17 days later she was 19 years old her name was park sing hyun i think i'm saying that wrong but she was pulled out of the collapse 17 days after how pretty much unharmed because there had been some rain at night and also when they were putting out the fires the water had seeped through into the basement so she stayed alive by drinking rainwater and water from putting out the fires oh my god she hadn't eaten in 17 days she hadn't seen light in 17 days the space she was stuck in was pretty much the size of her body it was like being in a coffin for 17 days insane there was another woman who was uh named uh yuji wan and i think it was her who she found a knife next to her and she just considered committing suicide because of how horrifying did the she situation make it was. too she made it but she was pulled out after 12 days oh okay so it's like she there was it was so awful and like such a long and and horrible experience for so many people you know and those families just having to accept that they're their family member is dead and then they're coming back and so many other families not having that same experience you know and another bad thing is like even though that water from the fires kept people alive uh survivors also say that there were people in there who drowned because the spot they were stuck in filled up with water when they put the fires out that's the worst so they drowned underground in a coffin basically there's just no good situation. No, that's like all Every of my fears about yeah, drowning, same. claustrophobia. Exactly. Oh, that's, yeah, it's pretty awful. That is awful. 500 people dead. So after this happened, they basically were like, okay, we need to start an investigation immediately and figure out what happened here. And there were three main like pads of investigation theories that they had been thinking of and this investigation was led by uh, professor lan chung so he was a professor at this university in south korea and he was a structural engineer and basically an expert on buildings in south korea he knew all about buildings in south korea and so after the building had collapsed his first thought was oh maybe there was a gas explosion you know because within a few weeks a few weeks before this had happened, you know, very recently in South Korea, there had been two buildings that had collapsed because of gas explosions and one bridge that had collapsed. What? All pretty recently. Because like what I was talking about either or earlier, there were these companies out there who were like, we'll build whatever you want. Tell us what you want. We'll build it. It doesn't matter if it's safe, you know, and they had Mm -hmm. safety regulations, but corruption was very big in the South Korean government at this time. So they could pay people off very easily just to get, and you're bringing in $4 million a week. They could pay people off and be like, hey, pass our safety regulation. Wow. Make sure this all works out for us, buddy, and we'll give you some money. 
So there had been collapses before this. So he suspected that, like these other two buildings, that a gas explosion was to blame. The main cause. However, they realized that there wasn't a giant fire going on. The fire that was going on was just because of the gasoline from the cars, like I said earlier. So they ruled out gasoline. Okay. Their next theory, this is a crazy one, is that it was a terrorist attack. They thought, because recently there had been some terrorist attacks from North Korea, they thought that a North Korean bomb going off from the inside could have made the pillars collapse, and that is what made the building fall down, basically, because they were pretty sure if anyone was going to do it, North Koreans would do it to us, because big rivalry between those two. You know, they're not the best of friends. Kind of, just a little bit. They talked to um, some experts from the United States who talked to them about terrorist attacks and what that looks like when a terrorist, you know, sets off a bomb inside a building. But they realized that since the building had collapsed straight down instead of going outward like it would with an explosion, like in the debris field with an explosion, if it's if it's a bomb set off from the inside, the debris flies outward and kind of surrounds the building. Makes sense. But they realized that this building, almost all the debris had gone straight down. So they knew that it wasn't an explosion from the inside. So they ruled off terrorist attack. So then they started looking into the structural failures. And like I said at the beginning, they had they found out all of this about how the pillars had been put in incorrectly. And how the concrete slab method, it just wasn't working. And all and how they hadn't used enough pillars. They found out all the same things I said at the beginning. Not only that, but they found that the concrete that the building was mixed with was not made correctly. It was faulty oh. concrete. So that's another thing that put, put right up there, you know? And another thing that they found out was that while they were trying to get fire shields for the escalators, something that was supposed to improve the safety of the building, they had cut down other pillars even further making them even smaller to punch through the concrete slabs and the okay so like i said earlier the original building two and a half times as strong as it needed to be but the reason this structure stood for five years wasn't because of all these like it was because it was built to be super strong there's this thing that they uh talk about the structural engineers talk about it's called a trigger it's like one event that happens that pushes it, that it's basically the straw that breaks the camel's back, the trigger. It's the one thing that if they hadn't done this one thing, the building probably would have been standing, mm-hmm. you know, and you would have never known all these faulty things about it. And here was the trigger, okay? So I said earlier, on the ceiling, there's three air conditioning units. Each are over five tons, okay? They're huge air conditioning units. And... On the east side of the building, the neighbors who are over there were saying, your air conditioning units are way too loud, dude. Way too loud. You need to move them. So they were like, okay, we'll just move the air conditioning units. They take the air conditioning units, over five tons, and put them on rollers, okay? Instead of using a crane to pick them up and move them, they put them on rollers and they slide them across the roof. The pressure... There, this one pole in particular, the one I was talking about, 5E, the one that got the big crack near it at first, when they were rolling the air conditioners, the air conditioning units across the ceiling, that pole, that pillar, took a direct hit from the pressure. And it's that caused a chain reaction that made rolling all these air conditioning units caused the ceiling to start cracking, and it caused that pillar to start cracking all the way down to the fifth floor. 
And that was two years before the actual collapse happened. So every single time they turned the air conditioners on after that initial move, it would vibrate the cracks and make it even worse all over the ceiling and in that pole. So that's why when they talked about how they every time the air conditioners would turn on the day of the actual collapse, how the building would start vibrating, it's because the cracks had gotten so large that it finally reached a breaking point. And by the time they realized, oh, the air conditioners are making giant cracks in the ceiling and are making the building shake, it was too late. It was already too damaged and the pressure had just been building and building and building basically for two years after they moved those air conditioning units. That's crazy that had been going on for two years and they hadn't like noticed or tried to fix anything within those two years. Like maybe we can improve this building a little bit. It was just like, yeah. It was, it, it's pretty crazy. It's like, I find that very interesting with all these disaster stories. It's like, you would probably never, there's probably building, it's not something I ever worry about, you know, a building collapsing on top of me. I never think about it. I never worry about it. But how many buildings are there that it's like, if there wasn't, if one thing changed, this whole thing is going down. This whole building is coming down on yeah. me. It's not really something that like, you're usually scared of. Like you don't walk into an H&M and think, oop, building's gonna collapse come down be something that could happen it's like you just think like oh they built it right so it's fine yeah it's not really something you're just like afraid of because it's not something that you normally like should be because you wouldn't expect people to waste money on something that is gonna exactly yeah that you own yeah in a few years so People, obviously, after this whole collapse, it became a very big thing in South Korean, like, almost culture, because people were pissed. People were pissed that this had happened and that it had happened so many times in the past. I'm with them. So, the owner of the company, uh, Lee Jun, he said, and I quote, The collapse not only harmed the customers, but also inflicted great financial damage to my company. No, shut up. I so, hate him. Lee Jun, he got charged with criminal negligence and he was sentenced to 10.5 10 and a half years in prison (laughs) (laughs) and uh he was released after seven and a half though because he was dying oh so he died a couple months after he got out of jail why (laughs) because he had uh disease no he had diabetes (laughs) asbestos so uh lee han sang he was the president of the store he got seven years uh lee chung woo and a couple other um, head officials in the city of South Korea got three years for bribery because they found out that they about, actually had bribed him. What about legal fines? Uh, they just got the prison time. There three no, years in jail. There was no legal fines? No, it was just jail time. And because um, they had it taken uh, basically like millions of dollars. They didn't get fined for like... The amount of money that went oh, into you mean the actual company? The, yeah, I mean the anyone, actual company. Yeah, I'm I'm getting to that. The actual company, they didn't have to pay anything for search and rescue, but they did they get sued to compensate for every single victim, five hundred and two people, and they wanted three hundred and sixty-one thousand dollars a person. They basically, in the end, they they could only pay two hundred and twenty thousand dollars per person, and the lawsuit only ended. Because Lee Jun basically said, we will give you literally every single thing we have, every penny. They went completely broke. They gave them the entire fortune of the company to the victims because they there wasn't enough money in their entire company to pay 
for what they wanted for the damages because they build crappy buildings yeah so obviously their entire group went bankrupt they went to jail and in 2003 the payments were complete and you know how they talked about earlier how he didn't want to close the store because he was wanting to bring in the money yeah yeah. this uh in the end this total case cost them about you know 400 million dollars wow so that is karma right there <laughs> that is that is karma you 400 mi- you lost 400 million dollars because you didn't want to lose like ten thousand. and it's just yeah it's it's tragic it's awful it's really it's it just, makes me upset at this person i'm like you couldn't have just why is money so important yeah, you couldn't have just like so a quote that um i wanted to read um, it was by the guy who did the entire investigation. So Professor Chung, he said this, uh, quote, even if one of the people involved had not made one of the mistakes, this disaster wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of a thread among these man-made disaster cases. It's like if one person hadn't made a mistake, it has to be like 10 mistakes in a row, everything to go as wrong as possible, then this happens. And the only good thing I would say that came out of this case is that after this building collapsed, South Korea put super heavy restrictions yeah. on buildings, and they went through and re- drive through. No, they went through and they had a team of people re. It was a big deal, right? When these officials got put in jail, because it showed other officials like you will, we will prosecute you. You will go to jail if you take bribes. Just so they went through yeah. the whole city and they found that in South Korea, one in every seven buildings needed to be rebuilt. Oh. And four out of five buildings, like four, four out of every five buildings in South Korea needed major repairs. And that happened. And they made That's... the city like way, way more safe by going through and t- saying, OK, one only one in every 50 buildings was deemed safe and the rest of them had to start rebuilding. That's... So it was all a terrible event. Tragic. Over 500 people dead. Almost a thousand people injured. It's like one of the worst cases i've ever read about it's awful for sure but the only good thing that came out of it is that after it happened they were like something has to change we this like fix this four buildings have collapsed in the past yeah. like cu- couple years we need to change this yeah. and it must have also been crazy to be like living and during that time and then um all of these like knowing that all of these buildings were unsafe yeah like that it wasn't just this it's not like oh it was just this one this one stupid person built it wrong it was like it's all these people they're all doing it wrong trying to make money people trying to get buildings up quick you know when that's going to cost you more money in the end really if it does collapse so that is the sam hoong superstore collapse what are your thoughts guys harley i want to hear from you you haven't talked very much yeah i have okay well give me your thoughts uh I think it was stupid of them. Yeah. Uh, they goofed. They goofed up big time. I find it interesting that they didn't see it within their own interest to invest like a hundred thousand more dollars in building this part of this building. And some of the mistakes were kind of innocent, like the rolling the uh, air conditioner across the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It, I would assume. Except that when they saw the cracks, they were like, "Eh." Well, no, no, no. Because I would assume. Like, if I were in a building, like we all do, when we're in a building, we assume that it was built properly. It was built, these people don't want their own building to go down. 
They want to make Except money off management this of the actual company were the ones who made it so the building was unsafe. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I'm saying you don't expect that. So Yeah. And you're just they were probably just workers trying to move this air conditioner. They were told to do it. Okay, we'll do it. It was pretty like it was an innocent mistake, but yeah. Like uh Professor Chung said, even if just one thing wasn't done, the disaster wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's crazy that that also is like what triggered it. Because like like Harley said, like that was probably the most innocent mistake. Yeah. It was like their neighbors were just like, well, it's kind of loud. And they were like, oh, no problem. Like, we'll move it. We'll move this five yeah, thing. The straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of ironic that it was like they did all of this. It was wrong. the most innocent yeah, thing. The most innocent the thing they trigger. did. Exactly. That's like the worst just. Yeah thing that could have happened like the worst mistake like small mistake that they could have made and it the other even. mistakes were just stupid yeah, absolutely they were stupid and moronic yeah but then that one was like they were obeying their boss yeah they were just yeah that's and true were, and they were i mean in the end they were trying to do something nice they were trying to make the neighbors not annoyed with their building yeah and it was also probably but like the, the employees who did it like the people who were stuck in the building not like the executives and like all of these like higher people, the manager probably wasn't him who moved the AC. It was probably like all of his employees. Yeah, it's very like I don't know. It's it's very frustrating to me just yeah. because I like the I guess when I was watching things online, it's like you never think about kind of like what you, we were talking about. You never think about a building collapsing, right? But some of people's biggest fears are claustrophobia, you know, drowning, like a fear of water, a fear of like f- fires and a fear of, you know, obviously like that scene in um in Star Wars in Star Wars where the walls Star Wars Star Wars in Star Wars where the walls are like closing in on them. So many people like find that compactor. scene. Yeah. So many people find that scene terrifying because it's like. Um, being crushed to death that's like a nightmare and then thinking that a building collapsing because some people didn't want to pay enough money is like can bring all of that to life Mm -hmm. you know and being this the account of these like poor girls who are sitting starving for like two three weeks stuck underground who have to have these giant covers put over their eyes when they come out because they haven't seen daylight in two weeks you know it's terrifying and upsetting it makes me very angry to be honest so yeah i but i think it's a good case to talk about because it's like it just shows you know money is money quick money is not not important you know and i'm sure that those those guys like i know one of those guys after he went to prison he became an uh an evangelist in mongolia because he was like so torn apart by yeah. the fact that like negligence led to the deaths of five hundred. He was a part of that. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> I with think that it's happy time ending. to transition into my favorite segment on the show. Happy things. I haven't thought of anything. Do you like that sound effect, Harley? It's nice, huh? Give me chills. Yeah, it's kind of like ooh. like like the bad kind (laughs) (laughs) oh wow well i'm gonna go first because i have a happy thing i don't know what my name is 
by the time this episode comes out, I will be settled in taking classes at college. So fun. I know I shouldn't be excited, and you probably think I'm dumb for being excited She's because dumb. you've gone to college for a year, but I haven't, and I'm excited. It's And also, I watched Kid Gorgeous at Radio City three times this week, and I don't regret a single thing. I love John Mulaney. People that listen to the podcast know that because I quote him all the time. I'm not mad about it, and I'm very happy to start college, and those are my two happy things. So that that was quick. That was precise. That's probably the fastest I've ever done that, but <laughs> I... I yeah, those are the things I'm excited for. I'm happy about. All right. Um, for me, what was the we watched one John Mulaney? Um, that was Kid episode. Gorgeous at Radio City. What? This room is your happy thing, right? Oh, it could be. I have two happy things. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, what was the one we just watched? I wasn't Kid Gorgeous attention. at Radio Kid City. Kid Gorgeous. Okay, so we watched a uh, John Mulaney. We. Yeah, we watched a John Mulaney. We watched a John called? Mulaney. I don't know. What are the Netflix shows? Stand up. It's yeah, like a stand up routine. Like on Netflix. Netflix he special. has. Yeah, his Netflix. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. There's his Netflix special. And we watched that the other day and it was so funny. And I've heard a lot of the um, like a lot You've of heard the, new in town. Yeah, I've heard a lot of his like um, sketches. What? New in town is one of his other cat. specials. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what, the one I play in the car on? all the time. Yeah, I've heard a lot of them before, but like to hear them all together, like it was really good. Um, so that was one of my happy things. He's hilarious and it was fun to watch. And my other one is I'm not happy about Emma leaving because I'm going to be sad, but Aww. her room is going to be mine. I think I have a sad sound effect. Wait. Okay, so. Nope. nope. <laughs> that wasn't. That's. Nope. that's Oh. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Okay, should I say that I'm sad about you leaving again so you can do that? Yeah. Okay. So I am Staged. sad. <laughs> Don't put this in. Okay, so I am sad that Emma's leaving. <laughs> that was so... Okay, but I am excited because this is going to be my room. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> what if we just had sound effects so, after every sentence? Are you gonna keep this all I will in keep. the whole part <laughs> of us talking about redoing it? Okay, this is going to be my room. Her, okay, uh, her the room, room is, that we are in yeah, currently, which is my old room, in, is going to be mine, and um, I'm excited. We're redoing the floors because her carpet is ugly, and I'm excited. You're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. But look at your carpet, Emma. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Ugly. It's it's green. In case you were wondering what it's her nice. carpet looks like, it's pretty green. Uh, and it so, it's, it's it's fluffy. going out. It is fluffy. Okay. Okay. So that's the end of that. <laughs> it, my other happy thing is that I'm moving into a new room, which is exciting, and I love to decorate and organize. So, ta-da. Harley, what's your happy thing for this week? Um. Yeah, I got to hang out with uh, some high school friends. You know, I'm old like that. I hang out with high school friends, and it's like a throwback. But it was a good time. We hung out, swam, played some games, made made some jokes. Love them. Yeah, they're great. Um, and that was good. I'm also happy that Emma gets to move. Uh, <laughs> that was... Hopefully not into how college. you know that's how I have come across as because I'm so done with Emma. 
No, it's because uh, it's a good thing to start I'm so happy for her to break leave. up live on podcast. <laughs> she's going to hate it, but she's... College? Yeah, you're going to hate it, but uh, it's definitely a new chapter. Yeah, that's a good... Oh, that's kind of sweet. It came, it came together at the end there. <laughs> okay. It was truthful. That's all that matters. And I think right there, we're going to end the podcast. So, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh I just want to say that if you want to follow the podcast, and it's not a Tuesday, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're at Horrible Things Podcast everywhere except Twitter, where we are. Noelle, what are we? Horrible Things P. And uh, you can catch updates on the show, updates on <laughs> wait, our wait, hat. Wait, wait, Please spell that. Oh, no, no, no. It's Horrible Things and then just the letter P. Okay, yeah, yeah. You should clarify that. <laughs> yeah, we should clarify that to people. In Confused. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, just the letter and um, you can find updates on the happy things and just stuff that we're doing. It's a an awesome way to keep up with the podcast if it's not a Tuesday and you're adding material. So check us out on social media. Uh, if you can, leave a rate and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. We have some really, really exciting things happening soon that I'm very stoked for. So yeah, guys, just thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends, your grandparents, your cousins, best friend's dog, everyone you know, you know? And with that, I just have to say to remember, don't build crappy buildings, don't move air conditioners, and most importantly, don't do horrible things.